This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. We spoke about that it doesn't take a great... You don't have to do something like amazing in order to save the world. We saw, we spoke about that at the end of Parshas Miketz. No, actually not Miketz. Vayeshev. So, we see that Yosef, I got a very nice email, in fact, from somebody, um, that he started asking people, how you doing, what's going on in your life, is everything okay? So we spoke about last week to the girls who were here, that what saved the world was that Yosef, Yosef was in prison. And Yosef came upon them in the morning, and he saw the Sarah Mashkim and the Sarah Oifim. He named Zoafim. They were, they looked pretty upset. They looked anxious. My Yishal is sweet, say a paro, I should eat of a Mishra based on Dunham Lema. My Dua Penech and Ramayam. He asked them, Why do you guys. Why are you so aggrieved? Why are you so upset? Why do you have so much anxiety? Why are your faces looking so bad? And they told them, they told Yosef, because we had this dream and we didn't understand the dream. And so we see from here that just asking a person, how are you, led to them telling him a dream, him translating the dream, then, then Paro having a dream and the Saramashkim knowing that Yosef had the power to translate a dream. And where did that all come from? It came from a simple question. What is bothering you. So, I gave the shir last week. I got a lot of reaction to the shir. Because, um, you know, everybody thinks, like, to save the world, you have to do something big. All he did was ask somebody who didn't look good, like, what's wrong? So, somebody sent me an email and pointed out something very amazing. And he said, so where did, where did Yosef get this from? So, I said last week, from, from Machli Menu. She was very sensitive to her sister Leah. He said something very beautiful. He said, what was the last thing that this young Yosef, 17-year-old Yosef, what was the last thing that he heard from his father before he came down to Mitzrayim? So if you look, what was the last thing his father said to him? His father said to him, the last time he saw him, Vayama Yisrael Yosef, Haloi Achicha Rayim Bishchem, Aren't your brothers, Achecha, aren't they being, aren't they in Shechem? I want you to go to them. He said to him, Lech, why should you go to them? Go see how they're doing. So the, the last Shlichus that Yosef had from his father was go to see how other people are doing. Go to your brothers and see, are they b'shalom? Are they okay? So the last thing he heard from his father was, just make sure everybody is okay. So that was the last lesson that he got. But then, on top of that, when he gets lost, looking for his brothers, he meets a malach. He meets an angel, the angel Gabriel, the angel Gabriel. And this 
Malach or person, he looked like a person, who saw Yosef wandering, didn't just walk by, it's not my problem, I don't know this guy, what do I have to do with him? Matavakesh, he asked Yosef, what do you want? So the, the last lesson Yosef got from his father was to see how they're doing. The last person he met before he got thrown into the bar and sold to Mitzrayim said, what's wrong? Matavakesh, what are you looking for? So when he came down to Mitzrayim, he had this chinuch already of his father told him, check out how they're doing. The malach, the person said, what's wrong with you? You look very lost. You look very, what are you looking for? So now he's thrown into Mitzrayim. He had this midah, this is what this guy wrote me in the email, it's very true. He had this midah of looking at what's wrong. His father said to see what's wrong. The malach asked him what's wrong. These two guys didn't look good. He asked them what's wrong, and in the end, that's what saved the whole world. So it's very important when you meet, when you meet somebody that you should not just look past them, but you should look at them. I mean, in, when I say at them, that means what they're going through. But but the the word that's used is vayar, and it's a very important word. We've talked about it many times. There, there are many times that that um, today I was in a restaurant. And somebody sat down behind me and almost knocked my head off. I turned around, I said, excuse me, what was that? Happened to have been a lady. I was like, excuse me, what was that? She goes, I'm so sorry, I didn't see you. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it's all about. She didn't see me. She didn't see me and try to knock my head off. She didn't see me. Why? Because most of the time, we're so busy with our iPhones and our telephones and our life and everything else, that there could be people all around us in a lot of pain, right? Like these, like these two, these two ministers were, or people that are Sayyab Asada, people that are lost. But, you know, it's, what do you mean? I, I didn't know that they were lost. I didn't see them, Rabbi, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't see them. Right? You, it's true you didn't see them, that's the problem. You can't help somebody if you don't see them. So usually the, the reason that you don't see someone else, everyone here knows, What's the main number one reason that you don't see someone else? Anyone know? What? Because you don't look. Because you're in the way. Because you're in the way. Because if all you're busy is with yourself, and if you stand yourself in front of yourself, then you can't see anybody else. You know, there's no I in us, right? Just you. Famous English saying. Right, so once it, once it becomes the world of iPhone, I, 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 right, it becomes I, 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 exactly, but you, you, you're not able to see. So the first step by Avram Avinu is by Yar, Vihine, Anashim needs some Olav. By here, the Malach, Vihine, Shoya Basada, by Yar, and he saw that he was lost. And the Parsha, at the end of Parsha by Yeshev, right, so it says in the Pasuk, by Yar, and he saw that there was a Yafim. But if you don't, if you don't look, if you're busy with yourself, then you don't get to see it. If you don't get to see, people could really be getting hurt right in front of you. People who you're very close to, and you're just not going to see them. So the first step is vaya. The second step is to care. You can't care if you don't see. So a person has Kashanga with two eyes, enable, enabling us to see. So that was very nice. This guy wrote me this email, and I said that I would say it over Bishem Amrai. So I said over Bishem Amrai. I get another email. Um, I don't know if you know the translation of ammunition. Ammunition in, in Hebrew is called neshek. You ever, in Israel, you ever see the sign, put your neshek before you come in here? You have to leave your neshek outside the room. Neshek is bullets, ammunition. 
What's a Jew's ne- what's a Jew's neshek? Huh? What's our weapon? What's our biggest weapon? What's our neshek? So neshek stands for neros shabbos kodesh. Our neros shabbos kodesh, the lighting of our candles for Shabbos, the ladies, they carry our neshek. It's a symbol of Neirah Shabbos Kodesh. Somebody else sent me an email. So this week I got a few emails I actually read. And he said, you need to say that over. The ladies have to know how important it is to light candles. The neshek of Klai Yisrael is Neirah Shabbos Kodesh. Okay. So this week's parasha, parasha Vayichi, it's actually a parasha stuma. Um, it's, a, it's a closed parasha. What does that mean that it's a closed parasha? So, I, I can't take it out. Now, if you take out a Sefer Torah, you'll see that between every parasha, there's a space. So, you know, Vayigash is over, Vayichi is starting. So, when the man reads the Torah, he can see the, he can see the space. Parasha Vayichi, it always takes us a long time to start, because you can't find the word Vayichi, because it's connected to Parasha Vayigash, there's no space at all. So, the last the last pasuk, the last pasuk in Pasha's Vayigash is Vayeshi Yisrael Beretz Yitzrayim Beretz Goshen. The Jews lived in Eretz Goshen. Vayechazuba, Vayifru, Vayirbu Maod. The last word is Maod. So Maod, the last word of Pasha's Vayigash is in the right place. It ends where it's supposed to. The word that's out of place is Vayichi. Because Vayichi, here's Maod, let's say. Vayichi should be over here. Vayichi, the vav is right here. So, the word life is out of place. Instead of it being open, it's closed. What does that mean, that life is closed? That means that we don't understand anything that's going on in life. We think we understand, we try to understand, but the Torah is telling us that when it comes to Vayichi, when it comes to life, it is a Pasha Stuma. Rashi says, that Yaakov Levinu Chishev Legalis is the case. He wanted to tell us when Mashiach is going to come. He's going to tell us the date and the year that Mashiach is going to come. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be fantastic if we knew when Mashiach is going to come? Right? Okay, the song, we want Mashiach to go out the door, but because we know when he's going to come. But it wouldn't be good at all. Why? Because everybody would sin until the day before. And the Duke Shuba, the day before Mashiach will come. So he wanted to tell Klai Yisrael when Mashiach is going to come because Yaakov didn't feel that we could make it without knowing that, 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 you know, there's an end to this race. There's an end, and this is when the end is. Chishev Legalis is a case. He wanted to tell us what the end of this Golos. Hashem said, that's not the way it works. It's not, Judaism is not, I spoke in a school today. Judaism is not based on the goal. It's not, Judaism is based on the effort. So I'm not gonna tell you the prize. I'm not gonna tell you when Mashiach's gonna come. You gotta keep plugging away and doing what you have to do. So Hashem took away that, that, uh, Ruch HaKodesh from him. He lost his Ruch HaKodesh. And he said, I'd like to tell you when, but in the end he didn't tell them when. Another chat that Rashi says is that since Kleistro was going into Golos, Golos is like when your eyes are closed and you're a servant, you're a slave. And that was another reason. But, there's a very beautiful reason, and that is that we really don't understand what's going on in life. You see things that you think are bad, they're really good. You see things that are really good, really bad. I'll tell you a story about this. So we don't really, we don't really see what's really going on in life. Specifically in this parsha. First of all, you have Yaakov Levino benching the two boys. Everybody knows this, right? So he, 
he put his hands on the wrong boy. He put his right hand on Ephraim, and he put his left hand on Menashe. Menashe was older, right? So, Yosef saw that his father put his right hand on Ephraim. He got very upset. And he tried to take his father's hand off Ephraim and put his right hand, right hand goes through the older, left hand goes through the younger. He said to his father, No, you're doing the wrong thing, Dad. This is the Bechor. Put your right hand on Menashe. Father refused. It's a very hard lesson. He refused. I know what I'm doing. I know my right hand's on the younger one and my left hand's on the older one. From Menashe will come a big nation. He said, He wouldn't switch his hands. And he told Yosef, I know what I'm doing. And it's a shame, your other, your other son will be okay, don't worry about it. But the right hand goes on Ephraim. So the Mephoshim say, why, why did he do that? Why did he switch his hands? Because coming out of Menashe were not such good people. So he didn't want to give a bracha. But Ephraim, Yehoshua, was coming out of Ephraim. So he said, Ephraim, I'm going to put my right hand on. Okay, that's what Rashi says. I heard a very beautiful pshat. And the pshat's like this. The person's name, and I see it more and more, the person's name is their source. Your name is who you are. You have a yud hey in your name, or, or an aleph lamid. My Rebbe always says, if you have Hashem's name in your name, a kale or a ka, it's a very big thing about your neshama. If you don't, it's also a big thing about your neshama. It depends where, you, depends where your name comes from. But if we look in Parashat Mikeh, it says the following. Yosef gets married. And he names his children. He has two children. And he says the following. Uli Yosef Yulach Nebanim. And Yosef had two children. And it's Pasuk Nun Aleph, if you want to look it up. Perak Mem Aleph. His oldest son, he called Menashe. Why? Why did he give him that name? What's the source of Menashe? Kinashani Elohim Eskolamoli Eskolbeis Avi. Because Hashem made me forget all my hardships and all of my father's household. That's the name Menashe. Ephraim. Shem Hashem Kore Ephraim. Ki Hifrani Elohim Be'eretz Ani. Because Hashem made me fruitful. Right? Comes from Puru He made me fruitful in the land of my pain. Unbelievable. Says Chazal. Yaakov Avinu said, the hand that I'm going to put my right hand, which is the stronger bracha, cannot be on a name that's based on forgetting what you went through and forgetting your family. Cannot have my right hand. 
My right hand goes on the name of a child that you named out of Hakkoros HaTov, out of gratitude. The first one, um, Yosef was saying, Nenasha, Hashem made me forget all my pain. I forgot my pain. I forgot my family. The second one, he said, in my pain, I'm naming him Ephraim because I appreciate that you gave me children. I'm sitting in Mitzrayim. I didn't think I'd have children. And you gave me children. Said Yaakov Avinu, I know what I'm doing. The bracha lo ailam forever. I can't give the bracha on someone who forgets what he's going through because that's what makes you who you are. And forgets his family. That can be with the left hand. The right hand has to be on Hakar Satov. The right hand has to be on someone who has gratitude. And Yosef is saying, in, in my pain, in my land of my pain, he say, I'm in pain, but I'm naming him Ephraim. I'm not naming him Ani. I'm naming him Ephraim because of my son. You gave me children. I, I was sold down to a place. Who ever thought I'm going to have a family? You gave me children? I'm naming him Ephraim. Hashem said, that's, uh, Yaakov said, that's where my right hand goes. A person who's in pain, but can find in his pain something good, and he has a hot car, and he gives it recognition, he says, that's why. Therefore, when we bless our children, our boys, on a Friday night, Ephraim goes first. Menashe is still older, but Ephraim goes first. Ephraim. Then you brecha Hashem Yishmerecha. Hashem should put it Ephraim. The bracha works in a person who has a karasatov, who's in pain, but ki But even in my pain, Hashem gave me children. It's very hard. It's very hard when a person's in pain, you know, to see the good of it. It's very hard. Like the Yosef Atzadik, who was sold, was sold to the Ishmael, and when they put him into the wagon and shackles, he was like, thank you Hashem that they're carrying spices and not tar, because tar stinks. So in his pain, he recognized, Baruch Hashem, I remember I, was, I went to the dentist and I had this huge surgery he had to do on one of my teeth and he had to pull it out, and this guy is not religious. He's a big, a big, big dentist in Manhattan. But he's not religious, but he's Jewish. And I was sitting there, and he gave me the shot. And, you know, your whole lip blows. It feels like it blows up anyway, right? And he gave me the shot, whatever it is. And I looked at him, and I said, I just have to tell you something. Because I, I can never stop talking, even when I'm in a dentist chair. <laughs> and I'm like, I got to tell you something. I said, I'm so thankful to God. He's like, I'm about to pull your tooth out. It hasn't been my fault, you know, ignoring my teeth. And I said, but I know it's going to hurt afterwards. I know, because he already gave me a prescription for painkillers. And he told me that here's my emergency number. The next 24 hours, when this anesthesia wears off, if you need me, call me. And I'm like, why is this guy giving me his cell phone? It must be that every single, he knows I'm going to need him, Right. He said, so what are you thankful for? I'm like, the pain after is the pain after. I said, but if you didn't give me these shots when you're pulling my tooth, oh my God, I can't even imagine the pain. A hundred years ago, there were no shots. They just pulled that tooth out. I said, so I'm thankful to God. I'll talk to God about after when the stuff wears off. But right now, I am so thankful to God that you are going to pull my tooth out and I am not going to feel it. And, he's, and he says like, hey, that's why they call you rabbi. 
I'm like, can you do it like it doesn't hurt afterwards either? Can you give me like a shot, an extra shot before I leave, which he gave me, which he gave me? But anyway, wears off after two hours. So you're in the dentist chair, and the guy's about to pull your tooth out, right? You're in the trying, man. Everything's all the time in the world, and you have to name a kid. You have to name a kid. So the first kid, he said, Nashani, Menashe, wrong. No good. The second kid, said Ephraim. Thank you, Hashem. I'm in pain, but, but I, I, I have a, I have a child. Hashem, I have a child. So even when a person's going through hard times, you have to look for the good stuff in it. You have to look for the good stuff in it. And that was, that was who Ephraim was. And Yehoshua came from Ephraim. And that's why the right hand, he would not switch. But he mind, he refused. He said, I am giving a bracha on someone who has gratitude. This child's source of who he is, is gratitude. That's where the bracha is chal. Menashe, he'll also be okay. You forgot your family, you forgot your pain. Okay, but that's not the right hand. It's a very important lesson that's in this week's parsha. The end of the parsha, so the beginning is stuma. The end of the parsha, the whole, the whole, the whole chumash is not going to change. Next week it's all, there's no Yosef, there's no Yaakov, no Yitzchak, there's no Mabel, there's no creation. From next week's parsha, it's Moshe Rabbeinu. All the way till the end. From next week's parsha till Bezayis HaBrocha, it's all Moshe Rabbeinu. So it's sort of a, the ending over here of a, like, a piece of Chumash that we learn. You know, Yosef's not in the story anymore, even though a little bit in the beginning of Pasha Shmos, that the Melech forgot who Yosef was. So, and I talk about this a lot. I spoke about it today. So the end of the parsha, the, I'm looking for this last Pasik, right, that's going to capsulize the whole Bereshis. I'm looking for this powerful, like at the poem, I think the end of the poem, the last, I asked you this last time, but it's just the only thing I remember from literature as a little kid, and that is, that it's called the heroic couplet. I know that it exists. It's called the heroic couplet. I think it's the last line of the poem. It sort of encompasses the whole poem. Yes. Right? So, so the, there's something that a third grade teacher told me, I just for some reason didn't forget it. So, everything else I forgot. So the, the question is, like, I'm looking for this last pasuk, like, come on, Noah, creation, Abram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Akedah, Yitzchak, Mitzrayim, you know, like, we're ending, like, capsulize the whole Barashas. So I'm very excited, let's stick a, you know, the, the, the end of the end of the Torah, it's very beautiful, the end of the Torah, capsulizes the whole Torah. What's the end of, what's the last pasuk? Right, the last words is before the eyes of the whole Yisrael. Okay, the world was created for us. The world was created for the Torah. So make you know, here listen to the last, listen to the last pasuk in the after the five books of the Torah. The last pasuk in the Torah. You usually don't hear it that much because it's on Simcha's Torah that we say it. Right, and 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 to to the strong hand, all of the strong hand. Into the great awe, Asher Asa Moshe, that Moshe Rabbeinu did, Le'ene Ko Yisrael, in front of the eyes of Klai Yisrael. God's strength, God's awe, Moshe Rabbeinu, everybody's in the last, the whole Torah is in the last Pasuk. Moshe Rabbeinu, the last words in the Torah, is us. The last word in the whole Torah is Yisrael. I don't think anyone ever here, you, you, you ever knew that. The last word, Hashem ends, Hashem created the Torah, Hashem created the world through our Torah, you know that. 
right? It says that not that the world is created and Hashem gave us the Torah. He created the world through the Torah. What's the last word in the blueprint of this world? Yisrael. Us. For any of us who don't think he loves us, his whole Torah ends with the word, as far as, as far as the Chavish Yechomshi Torah. So in the last passage you have, God's hand, his awe, his greatness, Moshe Rabbeinu deserves to be in that last passage, that's for sure, right? Carried us to four, four, and the last word is Yisrael. That's the way you end the Torah. All the actors, not actors, we'll call them, all the people in the story, Klai Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Yisrael includes our always I will say no. Moshe Rabbeinu, Klai Yisrael, God, Chazak, Chazak, when it's Chazak, Simchas Torah, party, it makes sense. It makes sense. Now, let's take a look at the last Pasik in the book of Bamidba. That's the last Pasik in the book of Devarim, all of them included. Now let's go to the last Pasik in the book of Bamidba. You're going to find something very fascinating. That every last Pasik has one word in it that's the same. Anyone here know which word? Take a guess. Every last Pasik of every Sefer, except Vayechi. Separations. Shemos, Vayikra, Bamidbar, Devarim, all last Sukim have the same word in it. Which word? Hashem? Yisrael. Listen to the last Pasik, Pasha's Masai, which is the last Pasik in Bamidbar. These are the mitzvahs and the mishpatim that Hashem, that Hashem commanded in the, the hands of Moshe, El Bnei Yisrael, to Klai Yisrael, Ba'avos Moivah, Yadin Yerechei. So the last pasuk of, by Midbar has, Moshe, Bnei Yisrael, and Ashetiva Hashem. Hashem, Moshe, and the Bnei Yisrael. Great. That makes sense. Now let's go to Vayikra. Last Pasuk in Vayikra. This is very cool. Last Pasuk in Vayikra. Eila HaMitzvos. It's in Pashmuch HaKaisai. Eila HaMitzvos HaShetiva Hashem Es Moshe El Bnei Yisrael Bahar Sinai. Last Pasuk in Vayikra. Eila HaMitzvos HaShetiva Hashem Es Hashem's name. Es Moshe Es Moshe's name. And Es Bnei Yisrael's name. So far, very nice, no? So the last Pasuk in the, in, in the Varn, which is the last Pasuk in the whole Torah, has Moshe, Hashem, and Yisrael. The last Pasuk in Bamidbar has Hashem, Moshe, and Yisrael. The last Pasuk in the book of Ayikra has Hashem, Moshe, and the Bnei Yisrael. Okay. Last Pasuk in Shmos. And that's how he closed the book. That's the, he wrote a couple. It's, because what is this all about? Hashem, Moshe, and the Bnei Yisrael. Last Pasik in Pekudai. Kianana Hashem ala Mishkan Yom Veishti Alaylabo. Le'enei Ko Yisrael, the same Le'enei Ko Yisrael that we had at the end of the Torah. The, 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 the cloud was on the Mishkan, um, on the Mishkan day and night. There was a fire there at night. Le'enei Ko Yisrael in front of God's Klaishrael. Bechom Asayim and all their chips. So here, Moshe Abenu's name is not mentioned. But Hashem and Yisrael is mentioned. So in all four books, all four books, Hashem and Yisrael is the last pasuk of each book, which includes, encapsulizes the whole book. 
Hashem Yisrael. That's what the whole Torah is all about. Hashem is not there in Shemos. Now, of course, and I asked this to my class and I, I caught them, all right? Of course, in the book of Horatius, Moshe's name can't be mentioned because he's not born yet. So in this week's Pasha, Pasha by Yechi, in the last Pasuk, there's no way you're going to find Moshe's name in there. He wasn't born yet. But, Yisrael, B'nai Yisrael were in Mitzrayim, and Hashem. The only book that doesn't mention in the last Pasuk, Hashem, or Yisrael, is Bereshis. Bereshis is when God came to the world, when God created the world. Bereshis is when Abraham Avinu found God. Yisrael became a nation when they came into Mitzrayim. So for sure, in the last passage of the book of Bereshis, we're going to find God in Yisrael. But there is no mention of either. And let's take a look at the last passage of the first book, which talks about the creation of the world. Vayamas Yosef. And Yosef died. Ben Meyer Esther Shanami was 110 years. Vayichantu also. They mummified him. Vayisem Aaron and they put him in a coffin. And the last word that capsulizes the whole book of Bereshis is they put him in a coffin in Mitzrayim, in Mitzrayim. That's it. That's the end of Bereshis. He died. They mummified him, put him in a coffin, and left him in Mitzrayim. And then everyone in Shul the Shabbos, if you decide to go, all the men, after we say that last word, B'Mitzrayim, all the men are going to stand up and say, Chazak, Chazak, Meniz Chazak. Be strong, be strong. And may we all be strengthened. What's going on here? How do you end the book of Bereshis? And he died, and they put him in a coffin, and they left him in Mitzrayim. Where's Hashem? Where's Yisrael? Where's Enehem? Something positive. The most hard, gut-wrenching Pusik in the whole of Bereshis is Yosef HaTzadik died, they mummified him, put him in a coffin, they didn't take him to Eretz Yisrael. Not like Yaakov. They left him in Mitzrayim. Why would you end the whole book like this? And the answer is amazing. And the answer is as follows. Actually, without this Pusik, this without this last Pusik, there is no Torah. Forget about there's no Bereshis. There's no, there's no Shemot, there's no Vayikra, there's no Vamibah, there's no Devarim. Why? So here is where we learn that Vayichi, where it looks like, when you look at this passage, you're like, I, I wanted to give my seminary girls, uh, I, I didn't have time, because we got into a whole different subject, but I wanted to, to start my class with, after all my shiurim on Bereshis, right, creation and Noach and Lechelcha, and all the lessons that we learned from Avram and Rachel and Leah and all these things, if it was up to you to write the last Pesach in Bereshis, how would you cap, you would write a beautiful cap, how would you capture in the last sentence of your, of Bereshis, how would you capture the true meaning of this whole book? If I gave you that as an assignment, I want you to write me one sentence that, that would be the true meaning of this whole book of Bereshis. And that's what I wanted to give them this Monday as, as, as to do in class, but we didn't get a chance to do that. You definitely would not write, well, Yosef died, they put him in a coffin, and left him in Mitzrayim. What does that have to do with creation? What does that have to do with the Brahmi Yaakov? What does it do with anything? You'd write something nice. So the Territz is like this. 
when we came to the Yam, when the Jewish nation came to the Yam, so we had a bunch of Egyptians and Meshugam behind us shooting at us, and we had this roaring sea in front of us. And Moshe Rabbeinu said to the Tsar, the Malach, that runs the sea, we're here, uh, we'd like you to split so that we could go through and get away from these Egyptians. And the Tsar, says the Medrash, the minister of the ocean said, I can't do that. I could freeze if you want to walk on ice. The ocean can freeze. In the Antarctic, it's frozen. I could freeze, but I can't split. My Teva, the way Hashem created me, is oceans don't split. Moshe said, it's Chai Yisrael. Um, I'm leading the Jews to the, to the promised land. You've got to split. And the Malach of the Yam said, well, you don't deserve for me to split. The Mitzrayim are just like you. They serve idols. You serve idols. They were on the 49th level of Tumah at that point. We weren't Tzaddikim. It's not like we deserved it. Hashem fell in love with us and decided to take us as his wife. But we didn't deserve it. So the Yam said, no can do. I am not splitting. And if you want me to split, then I split for both of you. Because there's no difference between the two of you. And it was stuck. And there was a din in Shemayim. Hashem said, it's true. The Jews don't deserve for the Yam to split any more than the Egyptians. And the Yam's not splitting. All of a sudden, Hayom Rav Hayonos. The Sar, the angel, the guardian angel of the ocean, saw something and said, oh boy, I got to get out of here. And once he was out of there, so to say, the Yam could split. Ma Rahayam Vayanas, says the Medrash. What did the sea see? Did it, what did the Yam see that it ran? Hayam Rahayanas, Rahayanas, Shoyosef. The angel, guardian angel, saw the coffin of Joseph, of Yosef. Okay, so. Big deal. So why are you running? What's what? Why? What? So so you saw the coffin of Yosef, no? And the Teretz is that Yosef. Yosef had the power when he fought with Potiphar's wife, to go against not only a man's nature, but to go against his nature. How? So we talked about this chidah a while ago. Yosef was actually, Leah was actually pregnant with Yosef. Leah was pregnant with Yosef. It would have been her seventh son. But she knew if she had seven sons and the other two maidservants had two and two is four is eleven, that means that Rachel would only have one to make twelve. Which means that Rachel Emena would have one less than these maidservants. And Leah didn't want her sister to have one less child than even a maidservant. So she diamond to Hashem, at the same time, Rachel was pregnant. And Rachel was pregnant with Dina. And she diamond to Hashem, and the only time it's ever been written down that a child was actually switched after 40 days, because there's a Mishnah in Brachas that says that it's a Tzilashav. You're not allowed to pray after you're 40 days pregnant. You're not allowed to pray to have a girl or a boy. It's called a Tzilashav, because once, child, once, the, once the, the, the embryo is, is 40 days old, it's already a female or a male. So praying for it to change is a wasted prayer. It says, just like coming into a town, 
that, that, that there was a fire and to pray at the edge of the town, I pray that my house didn't burn down. It, it already happened. So either it burned down or it didn't burn down, so it's a wasted prayer. If there was a fire, I pray that my, my house should not burn down. But once the fire is out, to be at the edge of the city and say, I'm praying that my house should not burn down, it's already over. So it's called the Tzolah Shav. So we, we see from this mission of that, after 40 days, you don't pray. You pray for a healthy child, but you don't pray for a female. You don't pray for the, you don't pray for the gender of the child. But in this case, Leah davened. And the Chidah, and we all know there was a switch. And Hashem took Yosef out of Leah's womb and put it into, put him into Rachel's womb. And Hashem took, uh, uh, took Dina out of Rachel's womb and put it in Leah's womb. And the Chidah says, that is why, very fascinating when talking about spiritual and physical DNA, the Chidah says, that is why Dina, right, it says by Tetze Dina, Dina went out, and it's, and she was punished that she went out. Why? Because it wasn't the derech, it's not the derech of a girl to go out. It's the derech of a girl, what, where's her beauty? Ba'ohel, being in the house, right, not to go out. But she went out, and look what happened to her. So, the question is, where did that come from? So Rashi says, because Leah went out to, to meet Yaakov, but where does that come from that she went out? How come Dina didn't stay at home? Why did she go out? So the Chidah says because she ended up in a womb that was created for a boy. Because Leah was carrying Yosef. So after the switch, they took Dina, who was a female, and put him in the womb that was created for Yosef. So because she was in that womb, says the Chidah, she had male tendencies. So she went out like a man does. The other way, Yosef... Right? Who was put in now into Rachel's womb. Rachel's womb was carrying a female, Dina. Because of the switch. Now Yosef was in a female womb. Says the Chidah. Therefore, it's hard to understand. It says that after, he after these things, the wife of Potiphar started to seduce Yosef. So Rashi says, after what things? What does that mean, after these things? What happened? So Rashi says, after Yosef was very busy combing his hair and looking in the mirror, then she saw this, and she saw that his chitzonius means something, she said, I could get to this Jew. So, where does that come from? You know who Yosef Atzadik was? Ladies, Yosef Atzadik, Yaakov's son. Why is he brushing his hair in a mirror? I mean, you all learned that in school, you just accepted that? Like, Ruvay didn't brush his hair, Shimon did it, Yehuda definitely did it, right? Yisachar Tzvolen did it, none of the other brothers did, and this one kid who was... Yaakov's main student, who was the source of Kedusha, you just accepted his kids in your learning. Oh, he was your Fasma. Oh, he was brushing his hair in the mirror. I know a guy like that. And the Territ says the Chidah is, he had some female tendencies because the womb that he came out of was created for Nekeva, was created for Dina. So his Teva, his Teva was that Chitzainius, the way you look, Right? That that world of Gashmias, he had a little bit of it. And when Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him, right? It's a, it's a whole long shear, but the, I'm just giving you the main parts of it. So it says that she left, he left his baguette in her hand. She, everyone thinks like she, he, she was holding on to it, he was trying to run, and she ripped it off him. That's not what it says in the Pasuk. But Tazai, big day, he took it off. 
and he left it in her hands. She didn't rip it off him. And the reason that was is that Yosef understood that all the trouble I got into is because of my chisanius. Because, not of my neshama, but all the stuff. I just told the girl this week, you can't, te- you can't send a text message to a boy without a phone. So, Yitzhahara didn't get you. He got you through your chisanius, through your phone. I, I was telling you a few weeks ago that the Yitzhahara can't touch a neshama. A, a soul is so pure and so burning uh, the, the satan, that whole other side, it's ice cold it would, it would kill them to touch it so they can't touch your neshama but the minute you have an iPhone or, 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 a, or a DVD player or whatever you have right, so he can get you by that he can't get your neshama, but he can get you by all the stuff that you put on, all the culture and all the, all the stuff that you look at in the magazines and the books, all that stuff, the minute you hold on to that, so he's grabbing you through that, he's grabbing you through the outer gashmias, that's how he gets you so, yeah, you can't look at it, watch a, a movie that you shouldn't be watching if you don't have a player. Hashem didn't create you that you, you, you can sit down at a desk and say, okay, movie, there's nothing here. Okay, I, I want to send a text to a boy. You can't. You need something, some type of instrument, some t- type of chitzanius. So when you pick up your iPhone or whatever you have, and that goes into your hand, he grabs you by this. You're holding on to this. The Satan's holding on to this. Now he has you. Because you're holding on to this and he's holding on to this. But if you're not holding on to this, he don't got nothing to get you. Mm-hmm. Rawalsky doesn't watch movies. Rawalsky doesn't get emails. No girl can ever send me any pictures of anything. Because I don't have the instrument to see it. I don't have internet. I don't have an iPhone. I have a little Nebuch phone. So I didn't give the Yetzirah the beged, the outer beged, to get to me. You can't, you can get to me through other ways, but you can't get to me through this. So Yosef understood that. So he said to her, you have been dragging me down through my chichonius. Here it is. Bye-bye. Now you can't get me anymore. And when she saw that, the minute he took off his beged, she realized the satan, who's her, realized he had nothing to do with started screaming, oh, Jew, slave, Ivri. She didn't call him an Ivri before that. She said, I love you. You're beautiful. You're the man. She was telling me all the great things the HR tells you. When you have the internet, all this stuff, he tells you, you need it. You're, it's too much pressure. you got to watch this movie. Come on. He tells you all this crazy stuff. Because he got you. Because you're holding on to this, and he's holding on to this. But the minute Yosef took it off, all of a sudden, you Jew, you dirty Jew, you servant. Hey, Potiphar's wife. What happened to you beautiful, you're the man? What happened? Why are you changing your language? All of a sudden, for the first time, she calls him Ish Evet Ivri. You lowly slave. Hello, you just seducing me. You were telling me I'm like the most amazing thing that ever happened to you in your life. And the answer is, at that point, once he took that off, the Sultan can't get you. So yeah, if you don't want to go into that world, yeah, you can't have a DVD player and you can't have internet in your room. Because if you don't have internet in your room, guess what? You can't get an email. And if you don't have texting on your phone, you can't text. He can't get you to text without you having text. So the Yetzirah's main business is to get that soul to... Gather things that he can grab you by. 
Oh, and then he will grab you. So Yosef understood this, and he took it off, as beautiful as he was. He took it off, and he said, here, my titanias, here's my phone, here's my movies, here's my DVDs, here's my emails. Have a nice day. I'm out of here. By Yonas Hachutza, he ran out. He said, I have nothing with you anymore. I'm done. I, but the Torah says a very scary pasuk. The Torah said that she took his baguette and she put it next to her until the master will come home. Says the Chidah that the Satan said to Yosef, you might have ran out of here. But Chitzanias, movies and iPhone, all this, all, this, all this stuff will never go away until the master comes home. And the master is only going to come home when Mashiach comes. The master is God and the home is the base on Midrash. So he said to Yosef, you run, baby. You keep running. But I got your kids. The baguette. All the stuff that we're busy with. The outer garment. That's mine, says the Satan. I'll be selling it to your kids until the master comes home. But Yosef had the power to fight his teva and run out. And when the Yam saw this, when the Yam saw the Arayna Yishol Yosef, that they're carrying this man, and this man had the power to break his nature, and to give up all this Chitzanias, he knew he was beat. Because there's one thing in Shemayim that Hashem is very strict on. And that's Mida Keneged Mida. And he knew that once, once Hashem, once our Malach, Gabriel, Michal, go in front of Hashem and say, it's true. All the Jews, they all serve the Vaidazara and they serve the Vaidazara. But we are carrying Yosef HaTzadik. And Yosef HaTzadik was the guy who broke his nature. So we demand, we have someone here who broke his nature. You Malach of the water, you gotta break your nature. Hayom Ra, it's so Yosef, Vayanos. And the Yamsuf split. And the only one that had the power, not even Moshe Rabbeinu, because he did not go through that test, that Potifa put Yosef through, the only one that had the power to split the Yamsuf was Yosef's body in that coffin. Now let's take a look at the last Pusik in the book of Horatius. My Yamas Yosef, and Yosef died. He was 110 years old, and they mummified him, and they put him in a coffin. But you know when they put him in the coffin, the last word in the whole book? The last word, probably the worst word you can hear? Not Eneko Yisrael, not Yisrael, but our biggest enemy, Mitzrayim. But what happens, girls, if Klai Yisrael would have taken Yosef Atzadik when he died to Eretz Yisrael and buried him in Shechem? And Kleisville would have come to the Yam, and the Yam would have said, I'm not splitting. And the Oran of Yosef, the coffin, would not have been with them. We would have had no time to get the Yam to split. We would not have been able to get across the Yamsuf. We would have never gotten to Hasinai. We would have never gotten the Torah. And the reason that God created the world would be a moot point. The world will be over. So the whole reason... A Bereshit Bara Elokim, that a Kosh Baruch who created the world 
and that there was an Avram and a Yitzchak and a Yaakov and a Yosef was to get us to leave the tribe to go to Hasinai and then to go into Eretz Yisrael. So the Pasuk is screaming. Yosef is buried in Mitzrayim. He will be there when Kleisrael leaves and through him you'll have your Yeshua. So the worst Pasuk possible. Our man died. The main man. He died. And he's in a coffin. And he's in Mitzrayim. He didn't get out of Mitzrayim. It was the best Pasuk that we could ever have. Because had this not happened, had Yosef been buried in Eretz Yisrael, we would have never gotten through the Amsof. So we all stand up, the most terrifying Pasuk, death of our leader, of Yosef. And we scream, Chazak, Chazak, Venis Chazak. Strengthen yourself, strengthen yourself. Because sometimes things look so bleak, sometimes it looks like you're just being mummified, put into a coffin, in Golos and Mitzrayim. But don't worry. The things that look the worst are the things that get us, so to say, through the water. And that's what happened over here. And that's why Pashas Vayichi is a Pasha Stuma. Because Pashas Vayichi, the beginning of Pashas Vayichi is what word? Life. Vayichi Yaakov is life. What's the, what's the word in the last Pasuk? Vayamas! The first word of the, of this parasha is Vayichi, is life. The first word of the capsule of the whole book is death. The first Pasuk is life, and the last Pasuk is death. And Yaakov Avinu gets buried in Eretz Yisrael, and he can't help us, because he's buried in Eretz Yisrael. But Yosef HaTzadik, who's by Yamas, who died, he's the one who got us out of Mitzrayim. So this whole Pasuk from a person from life, it's beautiful. From, from a, 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 a Pasuk that opens up with life and ends with death. A person, that's a person's whole life, right? You're, you're born and you die. Stuma. Well, we don't understand it. It's closed. It's a closed book. And what looks good is bad sometimes. And what looks bad is good. It would have been very happy if Yosef would have been buried in Eretz Yisrael. It would have been great. No, it wouldn't have been great. Because when they got to the Yam, the Yam wouldn't have split. Oh, it's terrible. He's buried in Mitzrayim with the, with the Mitzrayim and the Nile River. It used to bow down to him because the Nile River used to overflow. Since they put his coffin in the river, the river would always overflow. So it's terrible and it's disgusting. No, just the opposite. Chazak, chazak, minis chazak. Life is something that we don't understand. It's a parsha stuma. Rezrat Hashem, the schus of all the Gedolim, all the tzaddikim, and 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 Yosef at Tzadik, we should be able to see Vezayis Abracha, we should be able to see Moshe Abenu, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Chol Yisrael, the Beis Hamidrash from Harvey Amenu Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.